I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. long that's officially rob schneider's like most famous movie at this point is it really i don't know i mean that's also the movie they had like the smallest part in but it's probably <laughs> also the one that gets him the most recognition so. probably probably that's uh, his only line in like 12 movies yeah <laughs> that's true i don't i think i can't even lie like the deuce bigelow movies are, are pretty funny they're pretty good pretty as hilarious horrible, as horrible as they are they're still yeah they're still yeah decent. The the European gigolo is not as good as the no. Gigolo, yeah. Agreed, agreed. They tried, agreed. and the one liners that came out of the the catchphrases that came out of that, like <laughs> I can't. It's uh, a huge catch. It's not. It's not too small. It's too thin. If you painted it silver and twisted it, it could be a kickstand. And anyway, goes monetization right out the window, yep. down the drain. We're losing out on that twenty dollars a month we make on YouTube. Woo-hoo. All right, if that, it's actually it might even be like every three months. I don't even really check it anymore. Nice, nice. Uh, but look at that, Kevin's already here. Excellent, of course, he himself. Of course he is. Noah, Rob, Jenkins, ah, uh, Monsieur Kirkman, the whole crew. Sir Ivory, we are here. It must be Monday because this is episode 183 of Snakes and Stogies as part of the Herpeticulture Network. Uh, let's see, get Gerson to break out his Vinny Bar Baroni off the bat. Hey. You don't keep rhino rats? We have a, a never ending debate as far as which one's better, Bear and I, or, or rhinos. and I'm firmly in Team Rhinos. He, Kevin is referring to a TV show called Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, that was probably not uh, seen by you guys since you're much younger than we are. Yeah, um, I, I got the reference, but I didn't know what the correlation yeah. with you was. <laughs> I, you know, that's uh, Kevin, you know, maybe throwing a couple back. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. hopefully. I mean, like Vinny Barbarino? That's yeah. that's what he's referring to. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Well, regardless, uh, this episode is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Use code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. Get yourself a rack. Get yourself a cage. Phil has him some. He keeps venomous in them. I don't have venomous, but I keep a lot of stuff in mine. Um, yes. Locking sliders. Key lock sliders. With no lip like a vision and no bar. No no jeweler's display case. A built-in lock with a twisting key. Check it out. And no ledge for them to like predator your ass. Yes. Yes. From, from above. No death from above. Yeah. Uh, anyways, awesome stuff. Awesome racks. Awesome cages. Uh, you can't go wrong. You will not be disappointed. Two-week lead time. I mean, come on. Don't get better than that. That's right. Uh, you can also use the code THN at checkout on fullvisapparel.com. Get yourself some shirts. Uh, hoodies are still not up. 
It's my fault. I'm slacking. I'm sorry. Look at that. Meth propeltus. Not even one. That's been a really hard one to explain to people. Dude, I, I didn't like get that it. Was such a deep inside inside. Well, it's because you live in the dirty south where meth is uh, more prevalent than my like neck of the woods. At this point, though, I feel like it's just about everywhere, man. I mean, it is, but like when that commercial was out, come on. True. Fair True. enough. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Get yourself some shirts. Black Friday sale is going to happen. Uh, it'll be good. And then Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. Give them a follow. Facebook, Instagram. Follow them on Morph Market and see what they have for sale. My wife is leaving. I love you. For good or just temporarily? No, just temporarily. She's not leaving for good. Okay. There's a difference sometimes. <laughs> She's not leaving me. She's got to go check on a dog. I want to get a Getula just to irk Smitty. Oh, don't do that. Do it. Do it. I need, I had, we got to, like, I think I explained to, to Jake on THP, like, I'm not scared of Getula. Okay. I just don't, they're not trustworthy at all. Like, there's a reason I stick to the, the Texas stuff. It's just, they don't play the games that Getula do. <laughs> Dude, I, I went into my fiance's room last night at her house, and you walk in the room and you just get that, like, I, I didn't turn the light on because, like, I had walked and I had stuff in my hands. And you just get that feeling like you're being watched. And I flip the light on, and the the Florida King is literally like on the glass, like just tongue flicking. <laughs> between us, I kill you. Yeah, right. I love that snake. They're wild. They even have the sort of the the tweaked out eyes, especially. Yeah, it's just it fits. It's perfect. I love it. It's good. You know, if you want to feel. The buzz, but not like you're on meth, but just feel a good buzz and have some effervescent aromas tantalize and dance on your palate. Don't forget to check out cold blooded caffeine. Use that link down below. Get yourself some coffee. Get yourself some uh, accoutrement to make coffee. They're K-cup pods, too, actually. I've tried them. Those things are legit way better than regular K-cups. Like, Excellent. So much better. And it's because they have like something ridiculous, like 30 or 40% more coffee than a regular K-cup pod. So. Excellent. And they're biodegradable to protect the earth. So, yep. 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 It's cool. Uh, we have to make our... we got to get in touch with Trey and, and make our... We do. Our Happen, so we definitely do set that up this week um what are you smoking this evening so this evening i reached into the deepest darkest regions of the humidor and i found an old gurkha estate selection and this thing's got to be at least nine or ten years old the cellophane was beautifully beautifully ambered it's an open, it's a naked foot. And then I feel like it was maybe too old because when I went to cat eye cut it, it just ripped. It just tore. Disintegrated? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it didn't disintegrate, but it, it definitely, it definitely like fluffed out a little bit. But uh, it mean I, I kind of fixed it a little bit and I'm sure saliva will help. And, uh, but yeah, it smells great. And the cellophane was literally like looking at a scene from Jurassic Park. So we're rocking and rolling. What about you? 
Uh, so we've got some new stuff in at the shop, and I have uh, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Red Meat Lovers, which I have not had before. I specifically waited to grab this. And that band, I love that band. Well, he the, so apparently his spiel with, with this line is like they're supposed to be smoked like after you have or during like a steak dinner or something like it's meant to be paired with steak in some fashion. I don't know. There was a guy that lit one up yesterday in the shop and it actually smelled really good, like very different from from sort of your typical stuff. But spice without having a spiciness. I don't know. It just it not necessarily like Kentucky fire cured type smoky, but it definitely had a, a smokiness to it. So nice. Nice. I don't know. We're about to we're about to find out, but I gotta get the the soft flame out on this one. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Uh, so what's new on your home front, Smitty? The draw on this is really tight. Oh. It's got a closed foot. What? There you go. That's why. No, I mean like fully closed. Like it's not oh, even <laughs> really. I'm like, damn, there ain't nothing coming out of that. What the? Fuck? Oh, there you go. Do you have a straight cutter to fix it? Yeah. We know it's gonna happen. It's gonna it's gonna splinter the minute you you got it. All right. There you go. You probably could have you probably could have muscled through it, but it probably tastes a little funky. No, I'm a professional. You are a professional. Certified. I will say this. The naked foot on this burned real quick, but maintained its shape. And the the draw was normal, nothing to cry home about. But the the overall aroma was very inviting. And it's got a really nice, rich blue smoke. So that's, I'm on it. I'm liking it. Surprisingly mild right off the rip, but we'll see. That's because you didn't enjoy a nice piece of flesh. I, I mean, it's also probably because of that closed, closed foot done got me all jacked up. And yeah, confused. yeah. I've never seen someone do that before. Well, that's maybe dumb it was, as hell. Maybe it was a Friday at five special. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, nothing really new on my end. Um, the Ackies are going to a friend here in the next couple weeks. So that'll free up some space and hopefully make life a little less chaotic here. Are you donating the enclosure or are you going to keep it for something else? No, I sold them the enclosure too. Just okay, cool. The pair with the setup. Um, nice. Until I sort of get a game plan for that Jansen eye cage that we had talked about. Um, you know, somehow connecting to where we can have two level type deal yeah that yeah. ironed out but um other than that everyone's doing good i got some corns going out to kasiki tomorrow um that's about it getting everybody prepped to start cooling stuff down here later this month i'm hoping the weather continues to remain the season it's supposed to and excellent keep the ball rolling there what about you well i um <clears throat> I have had a good week with a bad week. Um, stilettos didn't eat, which I thought was interesting. And I'm wondering if it's a temperature-related thing or maybe humidity-related thing. 
um they've been going good for a while and then they just didn't so that makes me that raises a red flag to me um then you think they're too hot or you think they're too cold then they're too cold i i think they might be they might be too cold with not enough humidity i feel like if it was more moist they would be under the dirt and they're not they're sitting on top of the soil which is also kind of weirding me out but we'll see what happens um i had a super cool interaction with my uh um african garter um i went to go feed her and she lives in her black plastic hide like that's just she just lives in there and i usually throw a couple live fuzzies in front of the hole the door and she just shoots out, grabs it, sucks it back into the darkness, right? Kind of like kind of King Snake. Yeah. Well, this time I, I I open the container and I and she's like almost, I don't want to say basking, but for lack of a better word, basking on top of the hide. And I kind of look at her and it's so deceiving because I've only worked with a handful of them. They've all been relatively small, but they've never really been like, I'm in a lapid. You know what I mean? It's always been like super mellow, just kind of like, oh, I'm a dirt snake. I live my best life so she's sitting there and she looks up at me and like this is where like that i mean there's dumb cobras and there's smart cobras right this is where like that smart cobra clicked right and she looks up at me and like i see her pupils dilate and i was like what are you gonna do like are you gonna bolt are you gonna freak like you i know i know she smells the mice the like, yeah so of course what do i do like any responsible venomous keeper i pull out my cell phone right um, and I got a cool, maybe 30 second interaction of me just standing there, just filming her and her kind of like coming up and being curious. And I let her kind of come up on the rim of the, of the tub and kind of let her like slither a little bit. And like, obviously I had, I had a hook under my armpit. I had another hook leaning against my legs. So like if she did, if she was going to bolt, she ain't going anywhere. Um, but it was just a really cool interaction where it was like, okay, human, you fed me. It's been like six months. We're cool. Maybe you're not gonna eat me. Maybe you're not gonna eat me, right? She finally put. She finally looked like she has some weight on her, which is good. And uh, and then I threw in the two fuzzies that I was planning on feeding her. And she looked at me. She looked at the fuzzies. Looked back at me, and then cobra tagged both of them and just sat there and watched them die. And I was like, oh, this is so rough just reminding you dude that's what it felt like like don't don't forget yeah that's exactly what it felt like it was like like i don't want to anthropomorphize i don't i mean for all i know she was not even cognizant that i was standing there but it was definitely got that vibe right and then as soon as i like kind of took put my phone down and like kind of stepped back she just went down and just grabbed one of the fuzzies and started eating it. So I put the lid on the thing and I put it back on the shelf and that was it. But I thought that was really cool because, I mean, I've been watching her, for lack of a better synonym, what, a couple times a week for at least five months, maybe six months. And I'd never seen any interaction like that. I mean, I, she's been out like basking stuff. And yeah. like, the, minute I, the minute I open the thing, she just slowly slithers back into her hide or slowly slithers under the water dish or something. But uh, this is really very unique scenario. So we'll see what happens. Um, Robert asked if there was any truth behind using wooden matches to light cigars. Yeah, it's it. You get more flavor. It's burning cooler, so you're not burning the tobacco. Like as odd as that sounds, um, it just it's it burns way cooler than torches do. So it you know overall you get a better flavor if that's what you're kind of going for. Really, any soft flame is what you're looking for in, in that regard. But I have matches. I keep matches in my car as like a in case I don't have a lighter type deal. But 
I usually don't use them unless I absolutely have to because it's almost always just slightly breezy enough to where I have to strike at least like 10 of them just to get a cigar lit. So, well, or you do what I do and like you hold three of them together. You know oh, what I mean? I haven't like, even done that. I'm not even smart enough to think of that. Yeah, you, you hold like three of them together and then one of them is slightly longer. So you strike one, which in turn will ignite the other two or three. Um, that's been my trick. So I, I did enough drags on this uh, estate to burn through that naked foot. And I'm getting some of the wrapper and it's, it's spicy, man. It's, it's kicking, it's, it, kicking it up. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was like, all right, good binder. We're good. And it was like wrapper. Just like the garter snake. I'm here. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, is there any reason why they're called garters? Do they superficially resemble American garters? Uh, no, I think it has to do with the lattice like pattern or the lace pattern on some species. I feel like, it was um, a, and, and there's there's a lot of theories to this, whether it be African or North American garters or even Australian garters, right? Um, it's kind of a name, and it, it's almost like uh, what's what do you like regional dialect? Like it was garden, then it turned into garter because it looks like a lady's garter, and then garter stuck, but people still call it a garden because it lives in their garden. I I, I don't know. I'm sure there is some. Someone, I'm sure, has done the definitive etymology of the common name, but that's just been the name. So, and I like African garters way better than North American. Sorry, all you garter snake keepers. Thamnophis nerds. I do. Thamnophis is awesome, man. They're super cool. I've kept them, but just not, not for me. Not for me. Hmm. Well, uh, this week, I'm... I'm pretty pumped uh to be joined by by aaron here uh mr aaron gerson of the fork tongue um welcome to we've, the show. Been, we've been following him for a while so i'm sure there's many of you also have have been in the loop as far as what he's doing so i appreciate it thanks for having me it's good to be here yeah man it's good it's to be long Them novas are psychotic at times and something else. Yeah, so if uh if you follow Aaron on Instagram or Facebook, um, I think he's kind of most known and centered around around eyelashes and uh, eyelash vipers. Um, but after you know talking to him a little bit back and forth over the last couple of days, he's he's kept a lot of stuff over over the years. Um, but I mean, we'll kind of get into the how you got to where you are currently, whether you want that to be the, the short version or the long version, we leave that up to you. Um, you know, what you're, what you're currently working with and, and why you're focused on what you're focused on. Well, it depends. Do you want your viewers to sign off now or do you want them to sign off later? Or... Oh, no, no. They'll stay for the long haul, man. They, 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 they're, they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say nosy because that sounds bad, but they're very enthusiastic to hear the backstory. Okay. Well, I guess I have I have one pro probably similar similar to to others. Uh, I I am just a, a street kid, grew up in Miami, and uh, became fascinated with reptiles. Uh, similar to I'm sure you and and Justin and uh, I couldn't get enough of them. Every every opportunity I had, I was always trying to find the next snake or the next lizard, and um, 
you know, it, it was a, a typical Miami type situation back in the 90s and the 80s where, you know, you had to have your Burmese Python, you know, you had to have your your Nile monitor and um, Savannah monitor and all that big stuff. It wasn't like it is today. Now you can, you know, pretty much get anything you want. Um, but it, it just evolved from there. Uh, I moved to North Florida when I was about uh, 17. And, uh, uh, you know, with all, all the reptiles I had uh, to go to school, and I started working um, for one of the biggest corn snake breeders in the United States, maybe even the world at the time. And I, I learned so much uh, over the years about, you know, corn snakes. And I, I really got into corn snakes and colubrids in general. And I was keeping so many colubrids, corn snakes, king snakes, the milk snakes, uh, just any, anything under the sun regarding colubrids that I can get my hands on. Uh, I would, and I was breeding them very, succe very successfully, uh, leopard geckos too. I got into bearded dragons, uh, Argentine tegus, Colombian tegus, uh, just everything that I could possibly get my hands on at the time, um, is, is what I wanted to do. And, uh, it, it wasn't until, uh, maybe about 20 something years ago where, you know, I saw a snake that pretty much changed the the trajectory of my life and uh, it's it's uh it's been different ever since and of course that's that's the eyelash and uh there's a big difference in getting into venomous than non-venomous as as you know phil i know you know and um uh, it's it's definitely a, a a different scene a different way of keeping uh, it's a different lifestyle uh but it's it's uh it's it's been an amazing experience uh, the past twenty so years uh, keeping hots. Um, I I was breeding uh, other non venomous reptiles uh, very successfully and consistently. I was a huge green tree python guy. I was talking to Justin about that not too long ago, and I I came to the conclusion that the real estate of a green tree python versus the real estate of 10 eyelash vipers is the same. So I had to make some very difficult yeah. decisions as to where we want to go. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I started, uh, I started doing venomous and I, I haven't looked back I, and I, I miss, and I, I still love, and I will always have a place in my heart for, you know, certainly corn snakes and tegus and green tree pythons, you know, and, um, but I, I just, as I, as I grew up and I had more responsibilities and I had children, I had to make some difficult decisions and, and uh, decide where I wanted to go, where I wanted my focus to be. And um, eyelash was it. That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was friendly with a guy who had a, I'm in Florida. We have to have, you know, we have to be licensed here, you know, as you know, and we have to go through a series of, of hours and training to to apply to the to the government to to get our permit they come and inspect and you know all that kind of stuff and uh it, it really wasn't until i was over at a, a friend's house and uh, he had just come from um a, a mutual friend of ours in central florida and he showed me these little yellow tiny worms in a little deli cup and 
it was done. I, I mean, I just, that was it. Around, I just, I it's all it takes, love. man. All it takes. It. All it takes. Yeah. And I, you- I didn't know in, in what, what aspect, how it was going to work. I just, I knew I had to get involved. I knew I had to have these things. I knew I had to, to keep them and see what they're about. And I've been doing that for the better part of 20 years. It's awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. Thank you. And has it been in that 20 years, like primarily just eyelashes? Cause I saw some pictures going back on your Instagram, you know, a ways I saw some squams and, uh, look like some, some monocles and some other odds and ends. Um, but has the yeah. bulk of it been schlegs? The bulk of it has been schlegs. I, you know, I, it, it's 20 years ago. It was a different time. I, I mean, you, you just couldn't get the things they, they just weren't readily available as they are now. I mean, we had, we had King snake and that's really about it. We didn't have social media. We didn't have the classifieds. We didn't have those, those things. So, uh, whatever you can get your hands on at the time, it was certainly word of mouth and, you know, the one or two classifieds that, that we did have. So I, I, I was trying to feel my way. You know, I, I had some white lip pit vipers and I uh, did some Asian stuff, some trigons, and uh, I was very successful with Venustis. I, I think a lot of the Venustis that's probably in the trade right now may come from what I was breathing in. That's awesome. You know, 15, 17 years. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love tree vipers. I love squams. Um, I, I played with squams for a bit. Uh, and then I got into cobras. You know, I, I kept some monocles and uh, I was successful with them. And um, I really got into a spit elapse for a while. And yeah, I remember seeing those. Yeah, which are, I mean, it's got to be the cutest little baby cobras that there are. And yeah, uh, I. I was successful in breeding. I, I think, from what I understand, first in the states, the 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 anery version of that of the of the spitalab. That's awesome. Cow. Yeah, but the problem still existed. I, I had to again make that decision as to yeah what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And my time is uh, very valuable. Uh, I you know, I work. Um, I have two two kids who I love to spend my time with, and uh, I I really need to narrow it down and and focus on. Uh, what's really important to me and, and what 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 pulls at my heartstrings and that's it, it, it begins and ends with with the eyelash viper always has that's cool man yeah that's cool so i just i kept on breeding them and and uh and keeping them i, I couldn't people wanted to buy them and i wouldn't sell them and they get mad at me because i you know i just <laughs> want to keep them all and yeah uh, oh yeah you know um that's that's just how it's how it's gone down and i i, I don't have any regrets in in those decisions i i I certainly miss a lot of the snakes that I used to keep. You know, there's nothing like a, you know, walking into your snake house and hearing a, a seven foot Eastern Diamondback rattling at you. I mean, there's nothing like walking in and seeing a blizzard cobra, you know, hooding up at you, the monocle. Um, but for some reason, when I walk into my snake room now and I cut those lights on and I see just a rainbow of all different colors just squirming around their cages and it just lights up the room. Uh, for me, uh, in my eyes, there is nothing better. That's cool, man. That's very cool. I mean, from, from what I've seen overall, I mean, they in terms in relation to to other arboreal species and other venomous in general, they seem considerably easier to work with and, and lower lower on the the level of drama to be expected. You know, from some of the more high strung stuff. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Um, 
they're they're uh, not very forgiving. Uh, one of the things I, I tell folks a lot is who, who are trying to get into eyelash fibers. It's it's not like you know you can throw the snake in a cage and leave it there and not not pay attention and not care about the temps and humidity and um, things like that. They're very very unforgiving snakes, especially as babies. Babies are very uh, brittle um, and uh, you know uh, getting them started can be really tricky, um, but still very fruitful in in my opinion. So what's the what's the current collection? I mean, when, like, how many are you you at currently? And Justin, I'm at too many. I mean, I'm at <laughs> too many. Uh, it, it's it's really turned it. You know, uh, what 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 is what is too many when we talk about how many snakes we keep as keepers? You know what I mean? I mean, I I, well, I don't too, know the answer to that question. Too many is when it is affecting you into a point where you either a don't want to work with them you 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 don't, you don't want to go in the room you don't want to deal with it or b you're noticing favoritism or you're noticing uh certain animals are i don't want to say being neglected but not as you're not as attentive to certain ones as you are to others those to me when it gets to that point there might be too many well, I guess you just ju you just justified to me that I do not have too many, so I appreciate <laughs> appreciate that. There it is. There it yeah. is. Yeah. So that means I can I can keep the uh, the 80, 80 or hundred or hundred and twenty babies that I have this year. I'll just I'll just hold on to to all those and put do them it. The rest. Yeah. Do it. It's, it's no problem. It's, That's the worst. Other. That's the worst part is when you are infatuated with the species that you keep and you produce that you don't want to let go of any of the on any of the offspring. It's, it's the it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the problem that I've had. I mean, really, it's a problem. Yeah. My, my girlfriend is she's like, well, you know, people are always hitting you up for for these things, and why don't you just you know sell the ones that you that you don't want and keep the right. ones that you do. And I'm like, I'm like, Katie, I, I want all of them. That's, that's the problem. I want to keep all, I love all of them. So uh, I do, you know, I do move some every now and then uh, I give, I give a lot of stuff away to, to, to good friends of mine. And um, I, I, I'm not uh, very into the financial uh, aspect of it. I never had been. Um, if, if I can uh, get my, rodent bill you know reimbursed you know some way i'm 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 happy because as you guys know you know rodents these days are you know not and that, that's that's the best way to look at it man like you know as if you're doing it for a business that's one thing but like people who breed for the enjoyment and keep for the enjoyment like yeah if you can pay the rodent bill rock and roll if you can offset the electric a little bit rock and roll but yeah. it's so much more rewarding when it's not about I don't want to. I don't want to say making a buck, but for lack of a better word, you know, keeping it in the black. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't enjoy it if it was if that's what it was about. Uh, I've always been into just you know research and education and advancing the species, um, and and letting other folks you know uh, hopefully sharing with with other folks what I have been so passionate and what I have loved so much over the past twenty years with this with this species. That's what I enjoy doing the most. How has, uh, I guess, your care, but also care in general, how has that changed over the course of that 20 years for that species? Because that seems like one that 
I don't know. Were they ever? In, are they? They're still. Are they still imported or no? Uh, they are in certain facets. Okay. Yeah. Depends on who you ask. Uh, but, but, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just it always seems like one of those species that a lot of people have, but it's just kind of something they have on the side. It's not like their main focus. It's just. Well, like, I mean, they, got a they were. Houses. They were imported a lot, but the problem is nobody took the time or the care to focus on them. In my opinion, at least stateside, Europe. That's a whole other thing. Whole other thing. Yeah, so how, is the, how has all that changed over the 20 years for you? Well, here's what I can say about that. You know, 20 years ago, going back to the differences between now and then, uh, there were a couple of us keeping them, but it, it just it wasn't like – I mean, there was no literature. You couldn't just look up on the internet and see how to keep these things. Um, you know, Michael Berger wrote a, uh, an article in Reptiles Magazine. Uh, I think that was back in maybe 90, 98. If, if I'm not incorrect on that on that year, was and that, that was, the was that the venomous issue with the golden eyelash in the cover? Exactly what it is. Yes, yes. yes. It, it was the Bible for me for the longest time because there was nothing else you know out there. And yeah, um, we even told him recently that I you know, always appreciated that. And he wrote a, he wrote another great book uh, you know, recently that you guys should get. It's, it's just, yeah, I have that. It's great. It's a great yeah, book. Yeah, it's great. Nice. Um, but. It, uh, a lot of it, unfortunately, was like anything else, was just trial and error. I mean, there's is, no one really knew how to um, produce these things uh, and keep them in captivity successfully. At least, no one that I had any contact with. So it was a little bit, a little difficult. And um, I, I was keeping them how how I thought they need to be kept, which was very, very basic. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I visited. Uh, a guy up north who kept this kept these on a larger kept eyelash on a larger scale that, that my eyes sort of opened and realized you know a lot of the things that I was missing in my collection and once I did that just you know everything everything kind of changed and um, it realized that you know the, they're they're not very uh, complicated snakes but they do require certain things and the things that they require are not difficult to achieve. Uh, but I know that if if they are neglected, if any of those those things are neglected, they, you will fail. They're just they're very unforgiving, as I mentioned earlier. So you you know they don't like uh, extreme fluctuations in temperature. You know the humidity has to be right. Airflow is huge. You know mm -hmm. people always ask me how how often should I mist? How often should I do this? And I'm like, well, it all depends. I mean, what are we talking about here? Where do you live? What's your right. what's your humidity like? You know. It's hard to answer those questions generally. So I have been keeping, basically been keeping my eyelash vipers the same for the past, I'd say maybe 17, 18 years. And uh, again, I, I've been pretty successful at it. I, I've uh, consistently bred them, I think now going on 19 or 20 years every year, consistently. I don't, I don't know if anyone's wow. done that. And I'm not trying to sound arrogant by saying no, that. No, it's, it's uh, a fantastic accolade, man. That's awesome. Yeah, for, for whatever, whatever I'm doing, it, it seems to be working working right. So I, I, if it's not fixed, uh, it's not broken, uh, you know, don't fix it. Yeah. That's awesome. What was the early process and sort of getting that dialed in like for, for breeding those successfully? As far as just breeding them? Yeah. Again, it was just a lot of trial and error, and you know, I again coming from a colubrid environment, right. I'm like, cool, let's 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 cool them down in the wintertime, and let's put them together in March, and um, you know, let, let's do the same things that we were doing with colubrids, which 
there is some similarity there, but you know, eyelash vipers have a wet, dry season. Um, and the, the funny part about it is I don't, when I put my, most of my eyelash vipers together to breed is not normally the time of year that they breed in the wild. So they don't necessarily have to go during the season in which they do in the wild, which is kind of interesting, I, I think, because it's, I'm in Tallahassee and we get very, very cold here and we get very, very hot here. And where mm-hmm. they're from, obviously, is just not not that way. They're more cooler uh, than than they are warm. Surprisingly cooler. Uh, that's one of the things that that did surprise me. People think that you need to you know keep them hot with you know spotlights and uh, this sort of thing, but it's just it's not the case. Up in that cloud forest, it is very very cool, almost cold. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the other species of Bothrakis are even worse. I mean, some of these things live in the 50s and 60s, and mm-hmm. people don't realize that. And uh, they get them home and they they cook them. And I've heard horrible stories, and people call me and they say, you know, what what would happen to my my snake? It you know died, and I said, well, how'd you keep it? It's 88, 90 degrees. I'm like, well, you know, you, you cooked it. They they just they can't tolerate those mm-hmm. you know those high temperatures. So, um, I you know I. I Again, you know, trial and error, and I, I just dialed it down to what works for me. I, I don't really know what works for for others in other locations, other states. Um, but for me, it's been uh, been the same the same plan, the same the same system for a while, and seems to work well. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. I appreciate it. I appreciate you letting me share that. Yeah, of course. I think that um. You're actually, in my opinion, having having kept a handful of them over the years. And I, by the way, I'm in South Florida. I'm down in Boca. And our humidity is similar at certain times of the year. But you have the benefit of actually having pseudo seasons. We do. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> I don't keep tropical stuff anymore. I'm almost completely an arid and desert guy. But that was one of the biggest issues for me was you getting the temperature down but keeping the humidity up and and i feel like you have the benefit of i mean not to fish and wildlife's not listening but to pseudo quote unquote metaphorically open a window you know what i mean have that have that seasonal cool air i feel like that's a huge benefit to you in in what you do i do absolutely location 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 yeah nothing is better than then going in the snake house and opening up the window and just feeling the fresh air and the snakes are just, they're so happy. I mean, you can just tell that they're happy. Um, you know, I've, I've never had problems with, with feeding. I've never had problems with disease. I've never had problems with, um, uh, unwillingness to, to breed or produce. Mm-hmm. Um, I just been very lucky in that regard. So is there a particular locality or phenotype that you favor or do you try and have a wide assortment of everything? That's a great question. Um, I've, I've been asked that question before. It's, it's like, uh, who's your favorite kid, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 am, I have always been partial to what they call the pink ones. Uh, I don't know why where that name. I guess they're kind of have a, they have a pink issue to them, and they're they're very variable. Um, I, it, it's hard to say one is my favorite, but if I had to pick one, 
it would probably be that one. And, you know, folks tell me that they know my snakes when they see them at a, at a show because it has, you know, this or has that. I, I don't know um, if that's, if I feel like that's true, I don't know. But um, it seems like I do have a mark on, on the stuff I produce. But I, I do have a, a wide variety of um, pink ones and uh, yellow ones and green ones and purple ones and uh, uh, what they call tiger, which seems to always be, you know, uh, popular in, in the trade and ones that I just, I can't, I can't describe some of the colors and patterns of the things that I've, you can't. I've produced over the years. I just can't. Can. And yeah. What, what, what I love so much is when someone who um, was, was able to uh, have get, get one of my animals from, you know, five, seven, 10 years ago, and they send me a picture of it today. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, you know, can I, can I buy that back from you right now? I mean, it, it, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what they're going to look like. And, uh, uh, but I, I tend to keep a wide variety of them. I never really know what's going to come out, which is one of the best things about Schleg. The genetics are a little, oh, yeah. well, they're a little funny. Um, to say at least. I, yeah. But I like, I, I, I'm trying to dial down on some of that genetic stuff. One of the things I've been working on and, you know, I have tw like 20 years of notes and I hope one day I can put ink to paper uh, and, and, you know, maybe come up with something. But uh, to, to answer your question, I really love my pink glow. That's cool, man. That's I love cool. the, the really like those those gold ones with sort of the higher white. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm gonna lean more towards the uh, the the that that lichen color with the pink accents in it, and I'm, I think I'm with you on that one. Like everyone always had Christmas tree, that was the thing. Christmas yeah. tree, Christmas tree, Christmas tree, Christmas tree, or golden with no pattern, no flecking, no skate, no tipping, no nothing, which was always crazy to me because you you would try to find those animals, and it's almost like they didn't want to be all one solid yeah. gold color you know <clears throat> and, but, and uh, there was a time where those were not sought after i mean there, there was yeah. a time back in i'd say 15 or 17 years ago where i could not give those away i mean the solid really? yeah people wanted the the the, the pepper people wanted the tigers people wanted the pinks and i'm sitting here with a bucket of these solids and no, nobody wants them because they want the the pattern stuff so then i start producing all this pattern stuff and then now everybody wants the solid. So that's yeah. why I try, I try to keep a variety. Hopefully, you know, hopefully keep everybody happy. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. And it is amazing how, you know, now that we have the technology that we have, iNaturalist and Google Earth and all these apps and all these amazing abilities to be more worldly in our hobby and in our community and everything. But you look at the habitat, man. And some of it is spot on camouflage. And then you see like the golden and you're like, how does that blend in? Well, there's a flower on the other side of the tree that you can't see. That's the same color. And like that amazes me. So my next question to you is, have you become a plant guy as well because of the eyelashes? That is another great question. Um, so the, the, the short answer is no. However, uh, my girlfriend is very much into plants and she, uh, I told her that I want to just have like, you know, pothos and 
all these uh, a variety of stuff. And and people have tried to get me to do these, uh, what do they call them, like bioactive uh, enclosures. And I've never really been into that before, but I'm not opposed to it. So one of the things I'd like to do is I really would like to get more into more into the, the natural you know, setting, at least for some of the cages and try it out and see to see how that works. That's great, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's cool that you guys can can feed each other's passions. You know, that's that's fantastic. I love it. Well, she's she's worse than me. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And to be honest, you can what I've done in the past is because I do not have a green thumb in the least capacity whatsoever. When I was keeping tropical stuff, I would buy the pretty bromeliad or orchid or whatever from home depot but then i would also go to the arts and crafts store and i buy the same plant fake silk because i knew that i was probably going to kill the plant <laughs> and at least i'd have the fake one to to keep the cage going if that makes sense yeah oh look at those look at those animals oh man yeah anybody who's listening to this on your commute to work tomorrow mark the time so you can go back to youtube and look at these animals on the screen you will not be disappointed is that a, are they sexually dimorphic size wise they are yeah 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 that's what like that phenotype right there just with the it's the same like with my chlorecus i really like the chlorecus with the the high um uh, like the yellow bars like the really heavy heavy yellow bars on them yeah i tried to put a nice variety that's skittles right there Oof. that's her name skittles try to put a nice variety of, of of different colors up there for folks to see i like this uh like porthidium phase here you got yeah, she was not too happy getting her picture taken, obviously. <laughs> and it's amazing how some of them look like textured, and then some of them just have that velvety look mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. Jenkins wanted us to show some pictures. So. No, it's a fantastic idea, man. There's a there's a picture of a of a baby like seconds. Uh, like born seconds ago that you just right there in the left there is one of my favorite pictures when i walked in and saw that i thought that was the coolest thing his mom's up top there and the baby's just wrapped up in her egg still and i think that is so neat yeah it's incredible absolutely incredible and to be there for that that's just so yeah. it's so meaningful you know it is i hate when i'm not here i hate when i can't witness the babies. Yeah. It's one of, one of my favorite things in the world, and I just can't stand it when I can't be there. And then you got your proto Bothrops version there. No, for That's sure. Right. <laughs> for sure. It's like an Ofri and a and a Jerd and I had a baby. Oh yeah, look, click that pink legany one in the middle. Oh. I picked it. Oh, that's good too. Almost has an Echis kind of pattern to it. Mm -hmm. A little saw scaleish. I like that. My eyes. See this side, like I haven't seen anything striped like this before. You know? Yeah, that's super cool. 
Oh, Weird. Yeah, not well. Yeah. Was that something that just popped up sort of randomly? That was a random one. Yeah. That's yeah, that's just ridiculous. I mean, look at that. Like I would take that over over the solid stuff any day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That thing's killer looking. Yeah, I'm working with some with some really interesting lines. Um a, a lot of different lines over the years I've um been working with and some of the stuff that comes out is just I don't know, even I'm surprised by it. I just, I never thought it could be like that. I never thought they'd, you know, eyelash look like that. It's just it's so uh it, it really is the, the greatest days are when I walk into the snake house and I look in and I see babies swimming around everywhere. It's it's it makes everything worth it to me. Until I start feeding them and then I <laughs> start cursing myself. Look at that. It's gorgeous. Yeah, so I like with that. Do you wonder if is that like like a hypomelanism possibility? A great question. I, I it, it very well could be. The, again, the genetics on these things are just they're, it's it's they're so unknown. Um, to me, it's certainly possible. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, it doesn't fall into any of those like buckets of yellow, green, mm -hmm. whatever. So it's just, um, oof, there you go, right there. Yeah, man, that stripe is killer. Is killer, absolutely awesome. And so it has that venustacy head to it. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love that girl. Got some boa action too. Look at that. Yeah, my my girlfriend is really into boas, and she's got some beautiful, beautiful boas. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's that she's my favorite right there. Look at all those things, man. Little worms. Little worms. Are those come out about the same size as squams? Um, I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. The, uh, maybe. Yeah, I, give or take. Give or take. No, oh, I didn't even know Phil left. That slacker. <clears throat> Something I said. Well, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead, get some sunglasses, Phil. There. <laughs> you good? Me? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was letting the dog in. He was barking at nonsense outside. So oh, gotcha. shove, shove his fuzzy butt back inside. Yeah, it strikes me as, um, as far as the genetics go, it seems fairly reminiscent of Amazon's. You know, well, I'm sure there is like, there has to be heritability to some, some degree or another, but it also, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to necessarily use the word polygenic because... I think we're kind of at a point now with with Amazon's where maybe people don't believe that's the case entirely anymore. Um, but it's yeah, it's kind of I've I've bred uh, two you know yellows together and gotten primarily greens. I've bred two greens and gotten primarily yellows, a yellow and a green. I've gotten you know yellows, tigers, greens, and pinks in the same litter. So uh, I. 
it's it's really difficult to to understand how it all works because I would love to sometimes say all right I want to I want to get this this year you know people will will email me or they message me and say hey can you take this this one you have here and breed it with that one and I really like to get some of those babies and because I want I want ones with you know red <laughs> banana y polka dotty you know stripey things going on I'm like you know look it's it's kind of I crashy. wish it was that easy yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't work like that yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, and sometimes I just walk in there, you know, during breeding season, I'll walk in there with, with my girlfriend and we'll be like, you know what, what do you think we should put together this year? And we'll just pick um, mostly random. I, I don't, I don't normally breed the same female uh, two years in a row. That's just a, kind of a, a rule that I, that I have. I feel like they're uh, the longevity of the, of the animal uh, is, is a, is a lot better. So you know, a lot, obviously, a lot of stress for for live bearers. So, oh uh, yeah, males different story. But uh. <laughs> yeah, what's um as far as feeding goes, sort of overall, or are you keeping it fairly the same? Are you changing it up uh, and getting getting babies established? Sort of, what's the what's your process with that? I've never, I haven't changed the, the feeding schedule in, in years. I, I have a very strict rule about that. Um, depending on uh, the, the size of the snake, however, you know, uh, some, some eyelash vipers will come out and they are ready to go eating small pinkies. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing to me. I mean, just yesterday I was feeding one. I, I mean, it, it, it looks stupid. I mean, but it, 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 the pinky was weighing the snake to the other side of the cage because the pinky weighed more. Than the, than the snake itself. And uh, they look ridiculous, but, you know, sure enough, it may take them half an hour, but um, they, they can get a whole, a whole pinky down and some, someone's a struggle. Of course, you have to go to, go to parts and um, every five or six days, uh, religiously, you're feeding babies, you know, you miss, you miss a day and, you know, uh, bad things can, can happen. They, if they go down, they go down really quick. Yeah. Uh, usually from dehydration, but um, uh, lots of times from from lack of food. Also, um, my adult breeders, I don't feed uh, as often as other folks do. Uh, overfeeding eyelash vipers, you're going to kill them. Uh, I guarantee you're going to kill them. If you don't kill them tomorrow, at some point, uh, they will uh, they will die, uh, and they will not live a long life if you continue to feed them, you know, fatty rodent foods. It's just they don't eat those things in the wild, and you just have to control. They'll, they'll get obese very quickly. Uh, so babies, you know, five, six days, the most um, yearlings once a week. Once they get well-established, I reduce feeding maybe once every couple of weeks, once every three weeks, depending on the size of the animal. Uh, and I, uh, I'm in no rush. And this is what I, I tell people all the time. I said, I, I understand that when folks get a pair of snakes, the first thing they want to do is they want to power feed them. They want to get them big and they want to breed them and have babies. And I get that. Believe me, I get that. These are not the type of snakes to do that with. It's, it will not work out. You have to be patient. And with me, that's, that's the name of the game. And if you don't have patience, uh, these are not the, not the snakes for you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with establishing feeding. Yes. It, yeah. it can be grueling. And when you're sitting there and you have, you know, if you have one or two, fine, whatever. But if you have 150, you have 200 babies, I'm not saying that's what I have. I'm just saying hypothetically, 
if you had 200 babies or whatever it is, and you're just sitting there, you're like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming. And you're, you're trying to get them all to feed. Um, you, you just, you have to have some resilience and patience to, to get it all done because they will eat. I've never once, never once had a baby eyelash fiber refuse food. I've always been able to get them to eat. Never been an issue for me. Yeah. And that's with just tease feeding or are you scenting as well? I've never scented. I've, I've always teased. Always. Excellent. I've never done, never done a Knowles, never done lizards. I've never yeah. done anything but rodents ever. That's cool, man. That's very cool. I uh, I used to do I used to teach the venomous handling class at Underground Reptiles for a long time, and back in I'd say the maybe like two thousand seven two thousand eight something like that, um, somebody dropped off a whole litter of or it may have even been two litters of eyelashes. It was probably like twenty or thirty snakes, and none of them had been had eaten yet. It was they were days old, and back then the technique was to get a one quart plastic deli cup that was like you know chinese wonton soup container right mm -hmm. vertical you would put a piece of that fake wire vine yeah. across the middle of it you'd pour like two inches of water at the bottom and then air holes in the lid and that's how we kept them and we used to tease feed them, you know, pinky heads, pinky parts, whole pinkies, whatever. And then they would just poop in the water. Every other day you dump the water. And that was just how we did it. And that was the last time I ever really interacted with baby, like baby, baby eyelashes. How is that different than what you do? Because I feel like although it worked, it probably was not the best technique. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't... Um... To me, I have, I don't, I don't like the idea. And this, I, I hate saying this because I know a lot of folks keep their, you know, babies this, you know, certain ways, and they were very successful. Um, I, I don't really feel comfortable keeping any animal over water. Water is yeah. just, it's not something that I do. Uh, one of my, one of my good buddies uh, in the Carolinas does this with his, with his flags, and it works out well for him. And it's just not something I've ever done. I don't, I don't get it. And I don't, I don't necessarily have the discipline to, to go into look at every single baby every five minutes to see if one of them has you know, defecated or urinated in the water. And that, yeah. that's, I mean, we don't want to, it's like our toilet, you know, we don't want to do. Yeah. Know, and that was, that, and I'm with you a thousand percent. You guys because, don't drink out of yours? Yeah. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent because if it was, if it wasn't at the retail store where we were working every day and before, like when we opened the store, I would look in there and see if there was poop before we left. I would look in there and see if there's poop. I can't necessarily do that at home. So I probably would have never done it like that at home. So but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hijacking this. C continue, please. Uh, I, well, I'm, I'm very, um, uh, maybe, a little obsessive about i mean I, there isn't maybe i don't know a few hours ago by when i'm home I, i'm always inspecting I mean, the, the you never was like you know 101 you never want to have a dirty water dish you always want to have the animal ha has that has to have access to clean the clean water and what i've never understood is if you're using the entire cage as the water dish then the odds of it you know having waste in there is 100 percent. i mean that's where it's going to go to the bathroom yeah. I mean, they still go in their bowls sometimes because it's it's in there right but you know you change it out really quick and um i, I think it reduces it 
uh, it, it's not how I, I would recommend anybody to keep them. Uh, not to say, but again, not to say that folks um, who do keep them that way certainly can't be successful. It's just not my not my thing. But I am very simple. I'm very simple when it comes to uh, babies, particularly um, uh, access to fresh water always, misting always. Can't have a wet cage. Can't have a dry cage. So you have to find that balance. Some will not eat. Uh, eat. Some will not drink from water bowls. Some will. Uh, eat, you know, drink from from spray. It's it's not um, it's not common, but I, I have seen them sometimes refuse for whatever reason water. We I have one out there now. It's a, a yearling, and I, I just for whatever reason I cannot get her to drink from water. Just so one of us is always going out there every couple of days and just spraying, and she just she literally drinks right from the little nozzle of the of the spray, wow. the, you know, spray nozzle. So um, odd. Yeah, I've got some chondros that are like that. Like if I spray them, they'll drink like crazy. I've got others. If I spray them, they hate it. They tuck their head. They want nothing. Like it's just, Absolutely. yeah, it's very Weird. odd. It's such an yeah. individualistic thing. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. Some sometimes they they strike. They, you know, they don't, just don't like the water at all. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder in the wild if they're just sitting there in the wild and it starts to rain, they start striking at the rain. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a really weird thing. Uh, Clean cages, it's very important to me. It should be, you know, tree vipers are just, they're very susceptible to to certain things. So I, mm -hmm. I just uh, got to have clean water, got to have a clean, clean cage. And I, I think very basic, basic stuff, stuff for them to climb on, uh, roost on, and drink. Airflow is very important. You know, yeah, I wanted to ask you how you had, how you had it set up with ventilation to where you were getting that not wet but not dry sort of medium you, you got to find that you got to find that balance it's it's not easy uh it has to do with the humidity that's outside humidity that's inside temperature outside temperature inside you know it's just you 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 can't have an eyelash sit in a wet cage you just can't do it i mean you could spray it and you could what what i do sometimes is i'll have one cage that i'll dedicate to like a rain chamber mm -hmm. and i'll take the take the animal out I'll put it in that cage and I'll just rain on it, rain on it, rain on it, let it, let it do its thing. And I'll take it out and, you know, put it back in its, its cage where it's nice and dry. So it you kind of gets, gets the best of both worlds. Yeah. But a wet, a wet cage too wet will kill, will kill an eyelash real quick. Do you find, I mean, is it like skin, skin related stuff that they're, they're more susceptible to Is it respiratory? What's the. Yeah. Our eyes, our eyes for sure. Um, as far as adults, like what size setup are you using for, for those? Are you keeping pairs together? Are you keeping them singly? Sort of how you got that? Well, I don't, I, I keep every snake in, in, in an individual cage and, and, uh, uh, I never, I never pair any of them unless it's breeding, unless they're breeding and something happened, uh, not like the year before last, it's the first time in however long it's been 20 years of breeding that this has happened where uh, I had two snakes in one cage to breed and I went out the next morning and I had one big snake in the cage. Ooh. And I was just uh, obviously heartbroken. I mean, the, the male was, was a male that I produced like in 2003, one of my oldest males. And he was just a streamer and he was, oh, a, man. he would knock it out of the park year after year after year. Some of the prettiest babies that you could possibly imagine. 
she ate them and I've never, never seen that before. Damn. So they, they will, they will cannibalize each other if, if kept long enough and they don't have enough space. So I've always, you know, uh, kept them in, in, in individual uh, cages to, to avoid that. I only put them together when they're breeding and sometimes I watch them. So because since that, since that happened, yeah, well, hypersensitive to it. So of course I watch them pretty close now. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a smaller cage type guy. I don't think that they need, um, uh, you know, I would love to have, you know, 50, 75 gallon type situations where I could put each, but I, I, I can't, you can't do that. And I, I believe that eyelash like smaller confined spaces. They feel safe. They feel a little bit more secure. Um, I've been pretty successful with those with smaller type cages, like exoteric cages or uh, screened type cages, things like that. You want that? You want that heavy airflow? You don't want, uh, you know, Tupperware with three or four holes in it, you know, like I've seen folks do. Um, yeah. You got to have that airflow. Yeah. I can't. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been the Baltimore Aquarium, but I remember there was a, a, a zoo type facility that I visited, and. Uh, I can't remember which one. I think it might have been Baltimore, but they had a eyelash viper enclosure and it was probably 60 or 80 gallons, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a fish tank size. It was more of a rectangle cube, if you will. It's vertical cube. And it was this beautifully planted jungle scape. And there's just, just this tiny little snake in the corner. And I remember asking the people that the, the zookeepers <laughs> like, in the like yeah, well, they're just, just chilling in the corner. And I remember asking the zookeepers that we were there because we got to talk to friends of friends and whatnot. And they were like, yeah, that snake has never left that perch in two years. It just, that that's it. It just sits there. And it just goes to show you that, like, it found its little nook, yeah. its little secure nook, and it just stays there. So I, I yeah. totally get what you're saying. And um, in the wild, it's amazing what they will rest on you know, as far as when they're in the bush, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the tiniest little twig, the tiniest little leaf, they just find a balance and they just sit there. Like it, it's uh, unbelievable. It's, it's so bizarre to me. It's so fascinating. So that leads a segue to my next question of, have you seen them in the field? Uh, the, <laughs> the the short answer is yes, I, I have. Okay, okay cool. Um, awesome. One of my favorite things to do actually is to um, find them uh, in, in in the field. It's uh, uh, the, the the first one I found. It was like uh, I mean, it's I, life I don't altering. Get it. It, I know it may sound silly to some, but it was emotional. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it's life altering, man. It is. It is. Yeah, and it, and and when you finally see the habitat of yeah. the stuff that you're keeping at home, you know, it you may not change everything that you're doing, but you're definitely going to alter some things in one way or another and adapt it to make it just that much better. And now you have a full grasp, uh, maybe not a full grasp, but you have a grasp on what it's really like there. And you can have I mean, I don't know if this sounds cocky, but like self-validation, like I knew that's how it should be kept. And mm -hmm. there it is. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. It was what, you know, um, I, I love going uh, out and seeing them. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I, I love herping in general. And I'm lucky enough to live, you know, 
20 minutes from the ANF, from the Apalachicola National Forest here. And uh, I got a, a herping buddy who's, you know, one one of the best, my friend Sean. He's the authority on on Goanai, on Apalachicola king snakes. And uh, we go out and we have a great time. And it's awesome finding EDBs and it's awesome finding king snakes. And it's great. But when I was able to, when, you know, seeing eyelash vipers in the wild is just, uh, I, it, I, I can't, can't describe it. It yeah, somehow man. makes you makes you love that species more because it does. Like I don't, I can't exactly tell you why, but like when we went to to Southwest Texas and stuff, and like yeah. being in Baird's country, I mean, we didn't see any Baird's, but I don't know. There's just something about maybe you just get a better appreciation for them, knowing sort of what they're what they're living. Of in course, of course, and through on a regular basis. I don't. But I mean, I think it was the same for Casey when he went out to to Alice Springs and yeah. found brettles and stuff. You know, it's like I think he kind of came back even stronger after that trip, sort of with a Dude, better. I, I completely way more data too. Have when we us being in the Davis Mountains and like and going out to Arizona and the Sky Islands and seeing how the lepidus were being in the wild changed. I completely changed my setups. And now my, mm-hmm. my lep, I feel like my lepidus are just that my clobra are just that much better because just because I saw the dirt that they're sitting on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, I, I was foolish in thinking, Oh, I'll just do this. I'll do that. No, 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 no. It's totally different. Now I know, and I have that much more appreciation for it. Even something dumb. Like when, uh, when we were going out to West Texas, our buddy Rob Stone, he's like, yeah, he says lepidus don't like, they don't ambush down they ambush up they hunt up and i was like what are you talking about he's like yeah they'll find a flat rock face that's at an incline and they'll they'll position themselves to strike up the rock face not down it because the lizards are basking at the top of the rock and so i went and got some fake rocks and some and some real rocks too and i made them at the appropriate i don't know 25 or 40 degree angle whatever it was and sure as hell all the lepidus started lining up vertical and i just little things like that man i i and i can't imagine you being the schlag guy that you are and seeing them in the jungle in this in the uh cloud forest like that i can only fathom how passionate that must have been it was it's amazing nothing makes me i mean i love i love my my family my family will always come first uh my profession um but if I ever get a chance, I, I always take it to, to go see him and uh, nothing makes me happier than, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend, and I were just, you know, w- walking, walking in the, in the middle of the, you know, Latin American jungle, um, it just exposed to those elements and looking with headlamps and flashlights and, you know, walking up on fertilance, um, and seeing just stuff that you just never see, you know, it, uh, and then, in the distance just seeing a a little speck of yellow and you know wondering is that one and the closer you get the more you realize that you just found one and um this is nothing better that's awesome that's so cool man it just makes me think man with the babies in particular because that's that's a species that is that is successful across its range like anytime i see people taking trips to you know costa rica or anywhere that those things are native, like they're finding them. I don't think I've ever seen someone go down there in, in country and not see one at some point or another. And, you know, with the babies and stuff going back sort of to 
feeding and and sort of versus the natural history of them like you got to wonder how often those babies are eating considering how dense the biodiversity is in these areas you know there's how many species of anolis are there just in the in the same range and you know however many other possible lizard uh, prey items uh you know hummingbirds and uh possibly even i don't know are they eating insects in the wild as babies at all is there any documentation of that no, no. Of, no. frogs and frogs and lizards that's, yeah. That's their frogs. yeah i mean jesus the number of frogs that are yeah down there too you just i don't know like you just you really you really got to wonder like even adults i'd imagine they're probably eating pretty regularly like, oh, I, I was, a lot one, of one we found recently, it, it was a beautiful yellow. And it, I mean, the, the size of the, it was maybe, I'm guessing three years old at the most, the size of the prey item, which turned out to be a frog that was, you know, in the stomach of this snake was, was just unbelievable. It was probably four or five times the size of this snake. It was, it was unreal that how they, how they consume, how they consume predators there. That's awesome. That's fantastic, man. And to be able to see that, I just, I, I can't, fa I can't fathom it. Like, I don't even keep a man. And I, I, I know the feeling that you're speaking about. And that like makes me so happy for you. You know what I mean? That's awesome. I, I appreciate it. I, I love, I love sharing it. Um, it's, it's, um, I'm glad I got this experience to do that because yeah, I talked to very few people about this who, who share this passion. And, you know, there's just something about that species that, um, I just can't get enough of. It's good, man. It's good. I want to get down to Costa Rica bad, man. That's like one of my top top three herp herp spots. Probably the third one, you know, behind China and India. And because I, I kept dart frogs for a while too, like I, I want to get back into them at some point as well. But I would love to go to Costa Rica to. There's just so many things to, that would check so many boxes for me down there. You know. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful there. And see, I've always been apprehensive because I felt like, and this is going to come off dumb, I know it is, but I always felt like that was the easy way to go. Like, that was the easy spot. It was close to the United States. Like, everyone goes there. It's like, I Cheap. I don't I don't keep the species. Like, I'm not just going to go to go per se. But then the more people I talk to, it, it, I mean, even like, even someone like Marco Shea admits that Costa Rica is like Herper Mecca. Because it's just so much biodiversity and so many different species and everything is gorgeous and exotic. And I get it, man. Well, I, I also it. want to support a country that's that's seen the value in ecotourism and really yeah. embraced it and sort of dove head first into it and being like, we actually have something here. And instead of, you know, letting it all get bulldozed for whatever bullshit reason. Right. You know, they're like, let's let's take advantage of this and, and use it. And I mean, it's also nice to to be able to go to a country and not have to worry about getting murdered. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's close. It's, it's compared comparatively travel wise. It's, it's pretty inexpensive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just to me, it's being a, a sort of a lazy herper that I am. It, uh, it seems, seems like a good, good spot. Yeah. And I also love the fact that if you're going with a significant other, who is maybe not as apt to herp as much or as hardcore as maybe we do or friends you go with a group of friends and one or two want to go herping the rest want to just stay back at the you know hacienda and have some some beers or something like there's the beach 
you got two beach you know what i'm saying like you get the pacific and the caribbean like it's fantastic so i think just it. the fact too that you don't even have to really go that far from wherever you're staying to yeah to find stuff too it's not yeah. like you're having to go you know it's not like texas where we got to drive eight hours to get yes. to the mountain range yes uh, <laughs> you know it's 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 all sort of right there um yeah and that's if i ever get to do one of those cigar factory tours down in nicaragua i'm gonna have to ask the people be like can i look around a little bit oh of course oh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely like, i know you guys got some good stuff around here somewhere that's what we need to do we need to plan a snake and snakes and stogies trip down to central america and do then just tour some tobacco factory tobacco plantations and do some herping man we gotta do it count me in i'm in yeah hell yeah I don't know how they how they I know so like some of the the companies they have a property sort of on the farm that people stay at for these tours and stuff it's like a you know a several day sort of thing but I know a lot of them are usually there's armed security around too for a reason cuz Nicaragua is not the yeah. safest place but I wonder if it could be like hey can someone like babysit us while we go poke around yeah, even if we <laughs> did property like yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if we did like a day trip in country, like you know what I mean, take a couple, take a take a bus or a train or something, and just, I think that'd be cool, man. That'd be awesome. You imagine being on the tobacco plantation and then finding schlags like in the tobacco fields, like that'd be crazy. I don't think the elevation's right, but <laughs> I can have delusions of grandeur. <laughs> you want to go high? You want to yeah. go high? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Have Super you kept cool. any other species of Bothriagus? Um, no, not not. I I I dabble a little bit with Supras, with Supraciliaris, mm -hmm. um, but the the other species are a little more difficult to keep in the environment in which I keep. Okay. They're very montane, uh, at least the ones that I like, uh, and I love them all. Um, Marchi, Orifer, Bacillus, Lateralis. Um, but they, I think they require much cooler temps. I mean, some of the some of the Niagara varieties in in Costa Rica, especially and in Panama, when you go up to see where they are, where they live, I mean, it, it is not uncommon for it to be 50, 55 degrees, 60 degrees up up in that cloud force. And you know, any any temps higher than that, they do not do well. They will get you know RIs, and they will mm -hmm. they will roll. Um, so maybe one day if I can get, you know, a, a different snake houses with different climates and uh, things like that, but it's a little difficult. I, I wouldn't mix those, those two environments. Eyelash tend to, they, they tend to sit more the lower elevation right. and the, the other ones are, you know, a lot, a lot higher. Not to say that eyelash don't, are not up there as well. Cause they are, they are up there. What is the, uh, the average elevation of eyelash? Oh, I'll probably get this wrong. I mean, like, like six thousand or like ten thousand. I love. Oh, it. Well, I, don't, I don't think it's that. I don't okay. think it's that high. Yeah. Uh, maybe seventeen hundred, two thousand, something like that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's still good, man. It's still high. I, I believe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Higher up than you and I live. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, very cool, man. Yeah, even going to Texas, I was like, this is weird being above sea level somewhere. Yeah, well, it's like we landed at 2200. It's like all of us are lowland people, <laughs> you know. 
like a short yeah. walk up a hill and we're gasping for air because there's no options yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like uh, when we were herping North Florida and uh, we were actually by your neck of the woods, Aaron, and uh, just outside the uh, Ocala National or Osceola National, excuse me. And uh, I was like, yeah, we should probably hit those sand dunes over there. You know, it's higher elevation. It's Palmetto Head. You, know, you could see that it is a higher elevation. And I think Nipper pulled his phone out and he was like, six feet. It's six feet higher than where we were just standing. And I was like, that's higher elevation. Man. It's Florida. <laughs> that's a mountain down here, buddy. So that's a mountain. This is, these are some foothills. You, you know? ever see anything over at the Osceola? Dude, it was tough, man. Um we went saw on, like the coldest weekend that yeah it, we got it was it was like 46 one morning and then it rained and then it got in the 70s in the evening and uh we found a bunch of amphibians it was a great trip for amphibians but we found double the snakes in ocala than we did in osceola so mm. yeah we uh we hit a hit a couple hit a couple uh cane break spots and just a lot a lot of traffic man just a lot of vehicles and like just people driving and commuting and like trying to find suitable road cruising roads in Osceola seemed to be more, I don't want to say difficult, but it was definitely going to be harder to find stuff in Osceola than it was in, in Ocala. So hmm. the best thing about Florida. I mean, I, I love North Florida. I, mean, I love South Florida too. You know, as a kid growing up in the glades, uh, you know, finding king snakes and and roughies and cottons. I mean, it, it, it was it was a blast. But you know, up here, you know, getting out in the in the ANF to me is is nothing like it. You know, I, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm personally trying to find every species of reptile amphibian in Florida, and uh, it's something that I've started this past year. Um, I mean, obviously, I've been herping my whole life, but to really put focus in on it, you know what I mean? And I basically realized that y'all up in the panhandle that's a whole nother world and there's like 30 species of salamander i gotta go up to your neck of the woods to find <laughs> it's like it's a daunting task so i feel like i'm gonna make a couple day trips here and there i gotta do some keys stuff but uh but yeah man i i can't fathom seeing seeing a going eye in the wild like i'll, I'll cry i'll cry so that's <laughs> that's that's an interesting subject uh uh Another one of my little emotional experiences of finding something was was when I found Gona. I mean, it, it's uh, you know what I when I started to get into colubrids, the Apalachicola king snake was was right there. I mean, it was one of my favorites, yeah. and I, I we, we always learned that they're not there anymore, that they're they're gone, and people have just either over collected them or they died off. It's just not the case. I mean, they're yeah. they're there and they are a sight to see. When you find them in the wild, they are a sight to see. Yeah, man, I can only I can only imagine. Um, and are you at liberty to say what county it was in? I'm not. Okay, fair enough. I'm not. <laughs> nice uh, try. But, but I, I will say that they are, uh, you know, in Leon. They are in Wakala. They are in uh, Liberty, uh, Franklin. Yeah. Um, they're all over. They're there. Why, just, why did they gotta... think they weren't? Because nobody was seeing them, man. Nobody no. was seeing them. Yeah, yeah. just disappearing. And I, I know that there was there was a good like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but like there was a good ten years from like '95 to '05 where like only 
a handful were found and it was only in the national forest and people were like i found one take a picture let it go and that was it yeah. um but now i think people are starting to become more cognizant of the land that they have in terms of agricultural areas and cow fields and just people's private acreage you know uh, hunting leases you know and i've actually seen guys in in north florida anywhere from north of orlando all the way up through pensacola where they may not be a hunter but they'll get in on a hunting lease with their friends and then they have you know 500 acres for the entire year that's yeah. basically theirs to herp and they'll tell the hunters hey man i'm gonna go lay some tin i'm gonna put out some carpet and some plywood you know don't put a tree stand over here you know or better yet if you're shooting i'm gonna be looking for snakes over here and i feel like as that has uh, I don't want to say evolve, but blossomed. I feel like that's why a lot of people have been finding more and more of them. Yeah. Which is to me is, is kind of uh, great because down by me, people are finding less and less Florida Kings by me. And I, I'm pretty sure it has a lot to do with agricultural runoff. Um, I think it has a lot to do with road traffic and just putting in paved roads and construction and fixing fixing levees and fixing uh drainage easements and i'm I, less and less king snakes man every year down by me Bad. yeah yeah sucks it really sucks mm -hmm. so but that's awesome you're you're right in there man that's good stuff I appreciate it how did keeping because being fairly similar in terms of, you know, size and, and similarities, uh, squams versus, versus eyelashes, sort of what was the, the major differences that you saw and did you find one to be more difficult than the other? Cause squams, I don't know, after hearing you talk about, about eyelashes a little bit, it sounds like squams are probably a little more, a little more resilient to things is that yeah i i think so and and again i i'm i'm certainly not the authority on 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 the theres or particularly squams I, I have kept them and i do love them uh the ones i've kept um seemed a little more hardier than than some of the baby eyelash they seem to eat um you know they're not, not as finicky um but again maybe I, the ones i've had are, are just you know that way i'm sure maybe some squam folks might might disagree with me but i think they like it a little warmer um you know coming from where they come from mm -hmm. then and eyelash do um but when i kept squams i kept them you know in similar type caging um similar you know branches water hides you know things like that similar substrate um and they did well um they're, they're beautiful yeah i feel like uh squams specifically um i don't want to say i won't say they're hardier i'll say they're more tolerant to they're more margin for error yeah, that's exactly it. You have, you have you have more margin for error. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good. That's that's how I've explained green trees to a lot of people. You know, it's like they're not difficult snakes at all to keep. Like they're they're probably one of the easiest. It's just you don't have as much room to kind of screw around and yeah, to, you know, do stupid stuff with them. Yeah, they're more they're more forgiving than an eyelash wrapper would be. Mm -hmm. Pound for pound. One day, man. I don't know 
right now I'm 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 I think I'd be happy with some some pygmies. I've kind of settled on on that for whenever right. I do get back into venomous. I think some some pygmies would scratch that itch. Nothing wrong with that. I love me some pygmies. We have we have anneries up here. You can find them. That's so cool. Yeah. So duskies for days up here. Duskies for days. Um. Uh, just going back to King Snakes real quick. Our good buddy Chris Sanchez is in the group chat. He says, hashtag more kings, less condos, which I love. Um, I also forgot to tell Justin that uh, Chris was in a bit of a, he broke up a bar brawl last night and happened to be wearing a Fulvius Apparel t-shirt. <laughs> and the Fulvius Apparel t-shirt was pulled upon very aggressively as he attempted to break up this brawl. And not only did it not rip, but it did not stretch that bad either. So kudos uh, from Chris. He texted me this morning to tell me that. Good job, Gildan. <laughs> yep, that's it. So sorry, go on. Pygmies, duskies for days. Duskies for days. I duskies like that. For days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, it was cool seeing. Uh, uh, I've seen. I've seen duskies in a friend's collection that were in like Northeast Florida locality. And then I've found countless by me, but I had never seen one from like central and like Ocala area. And dude, the color difference from me to there. And I can only imagine the color difference to you. I was super impressed in how visually variable they were. I mean, despite still having the, the basic color palette and the basic patterning, but just the oranges. Like I feel like down by me it was it's more rusty reds and up up in Ocala it was more stark oranges, maybe even dare I say a pinkish hue to it. I thought that was super cool. What what do the anneries look like? Dark. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> hoping that I could I could find one. I know that Justin's on my Instagram. That one that I have is this really weird. I wish I could find a picture of how to send it to you. Um it's one of my girlfriend's favorite favorite snakes I have in the collection. I mean, it's amazing. I have thousands of eyelash vipers out there, and she she picks the the snake that you know we can find you know ten minutes up the road is her favorite. But that's, that's cool, a really cool motley type stripe anery thing. Um, but uh, and so I like duskies. They're, duskies are awesome. But I, yeah. I'm always been partial to the anerthristic ones for I don't know for whatever reason. Sure, sure. Uh, a guy called me a long time ago out of Polk County. And he said, "Hey, I got I got this uh, dusky at my doorstep." And I remember driving. He sent me a picture of it, and I, I'm, I'm coming to get. It. And I, I couldn't believe it. So I drove all the way to Polk County, um, grabbed it, took some, you know, took some snaps of it, and uh, they, they they are beautiful. Uh, they're one of my favorite things to to keep, and as far as terrestrial snakes go, and, and find here in in Florida. And I don't, I don't know if my buddy Matt Cruz is on. I don't know if he's watching, but he he promised he was going to take me up to. Georgia and the Carolinas to find some, you know, Carolina pygmies because, uh, boy, I, I love those too. I've kept uh, several of those in the past and uh, still have a couple out there. They're real nice. That's cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have yet to see one here. Um, Jake, they cruised. They were out in Okatee Hunt Club area doing some road cruising, and they came across a, a really big probable female that had just been hit by a car that, that they had passed, like, you know, two minutes prior. And that's the first pygmies that he's seen in our area in like seven years or something. Like, yeah, I just think we're, we're just too yeah. close to the coast for him. 
Can you see that? Let me see that. Oh, that is super cool, man. Isn't that sick? That is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's just black and white and stripe and motley and a baron. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. The uh, as far as sort of going off off a little bit, but corn wise, I mean, how how crazy is it? How far corns have come since you were more involved with those? I can't can't keep up. Can't <laughs> it's keep insane. Up. Yeah, um, uh, like I met, I think I mentioned this earlier. I, you know, I worked for a big corn breeder in the '90s, and you know, we were doing three to five thousand a year. And I thought that was crazy. And nowadays, I mean, it's just like a, a drop in the bucket to what some folks are doing and um, crossing into these, you know, morphs and this. That. I'm not, I'm not a really morph guy. Um, my favorite corn snake is the corn snake that you, you know, find in your backyard. That is my favorite. I, I appreciate the other ones. I'm happy I was a part of it. Um, I'm honored that I was able to name, you know, one of the morph corns uh, that are that's out there. Uh, but to me, the most beautiful corn is just natural wild corn. And some of the things I see it shows, I mean, I, I appreciate them and I get it, but it's just not my thing. I'm, I'm more natural than, than some of these other folks. And I'm not, I'm not knocking them at all and not, not one bit, but that, that white and black checkered belly and those, those orange saddles and black saddles, man, that's, that's where it is for me. Here, here. Come a long way. It's come a long way. Yeah. When I when I was into corn snakes, there was like you know, you had your albinos, you had your anneries, you had your I don't know whatever, you had your candy canes and your butters and your caramels and um, it was very simple. You had anery type A, anery type B, mm-hmm. and now it's just I mean, who can? It's who can wild, keep man. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild, and everything I knew about corn snake genetics. In the 90s and early 2000s, which was extensive at the time, mm-hmm. is just completely blown out of the water. Yeah, I can I can relate. <laughs> that's what's that's been the hardest, the, the biggest struggle is like being able to to stay focused on certain things, be it like locality stuff and you know the the handful of morphs that I am very much into. Uh, like there's just so much now it's 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 really 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 difficult to to stay keep the blinders on you know and stay stay focused yeah. to the handful of handful of things because there's just so much out there that just looks so damn cool uh it's, it's even compounded when you're dealing with you know pattern morphs and color morphs being two separate things and just the infinite combinations because when i was a kid you know breeding corns with my dad which is like circa 2000 2001 um it was the same thing it was like there really wasn't a ton like and then coming back into them you know 10 years later you know 12 years later it's like good god like what happened where'd they all go like <laughs> where'd they all go it's crazy yeah. yeah it is and it's 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 a little sad to me because i i really you know, did enjoy it back then and to see where it's, 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 it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, I'm glad that people are advancing these things and, and, you know, getting, getting corn snakes out there to people who love That's them. And I'm there. All, all yeah. For that. yeah. All for that. Yeah. Good stuff. 
switching gears. I do gears. appreciate good locality stuff, though. Like there is, if there's something to, to really appreciate about natural corns, it's it's that even even natural sort of as nature made them. You know, there's something for everybody in in all the various localities and stuff. You know, if you like the Miami stuff, then you have yeah. the South Mountain stuff. Uh, you know, there's just there's something to fit the bill for everybody. There, there certainly it's it's when you start integrating them into snakes that are not corn snakes is really where I, I yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah that kind of draws a line for me. I'm not I'm not really much into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're with you on that one. Yeah, not knocking anyone. I'm just it's just a personal personal preference. Yeah. Well, what about these beaded lizards? People in the group chat want to hear about bead lizards. Beaded, yeah. Uh well, amazing. Amazing lizards. Um yeah, I, I so I, I got into heliderm maybe 15 or 16 years ago, and then it was it was sort of part of that that uh, these difficult uh, you know, decisions I had to make about real estate because, you know, having these four and six foot vision cages or whatever uh, in, in my snake houses and uh, what I can do with that space when it comes yeah. to eyelash is just, you know, it's incredible. It's like, it's like 20 to one. Um, but I, I did work with some real pretty, real nice exasperatums 15, 16 years ago. And I, I love them. And unfortunately I got, you know, I got out of Heloderm. I, I kept some Hela monsters as well and got out of those as got out of those two but uh, about five five or six years ago maybe seven years ago a buddy of mine had some really really nice hordem hordem they were these super blacks that everybody loves i mean real real nice real nice quality stuff and he was sort of getting out of reptiles and he offered them to me and you know since i'm a glutton for punishment i said yeah sure let me take them and uh, i raised them up and uh bred them and I've been producing these beautiful black shiny bead lizards ever since, and they are very very fun. Uh, they're very very cute. They take up a lot of room, but they have personalities, um, and uh, it, they're very 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 fun species of lizard to to work with. I, I think I'd rather take a hit from a schleg than <laughs> not to eat it, uh, but uh, they're 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 gorgeous. I love them. And they, they fit the cloud forest vibe, you know. They do. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they stay in the same in the same snake house, same environment as my as my schlegs. They love it out there. Did uh did that group come from John? Came from Steve. Oh, okay, cool. All right, fair yeah. enough. Well, that's awesome, man. That's cool that you got you got the montane lizards, got the montane tree vipers. I love it. Yeah. Those yeah. little beady, watery eyes. I know, right? They always have the puppy dog eyes. Those little, like, the, like the, they, ain't, the, they ain't got a thought behind them. The, <laughs> puss, the puss in boots eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's they're cool. Gnarly man. lizards, man. Like, they're all adorable and stuff. Then you see the the head skeletons, the skulls, oh, and it's like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can pack a punch. I mean, they're really. How, uh, uh, how big is your biggest male? You know, it's, it really sucks. I was thinking to myself, right after I fed my biggest male last night, I regretted it because I was just going to pull them out and just hold them up and show <laughs> yeah. you. We'll have to do this again, and I'll, I'll do the podcast from the snake house, yeah. and you'll be able to see everything the next time we do it. But I was going to do it, but uh, he is a 
he's a big, his name is Monster. Nice. He's a big, gnarly, jowly, beady lizard. He is cool, man. super cool, super cool guy. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. They just they get that head on them. They get that tail, yeah. and like they climb trees like crazy, yeah. right? Crazy. People people think that they're only terrestrial. That's not true. Yeah. That's not they they spend about I'd probably say about eighty percent of their life underground, but the other twenty percent they are they are up there climbing in branches, no doubt. Yeah. Did you um did you ever get um now I can't remember his name Dan Beck's book? Of course, absolutely. Dude, I, the, I got I got the first the first day it came out. I got yes it. yes. So the pictures. If like people who are into Gila monsters, they see a lot of Gila monster, like quintessential Americana, Western folklore, all that. But I got that book specifically for the Gila, for the, uh, excuse me, for the beaded stuff, because I wanted to learn more. I had no idea, like the habitat and the size, man. And some of the photos in Beck's book are incredible. Just the scale, holding them against his own body, you know, wild. Yeah. They're they're very, very cool. Yeah. Good mm. stuff, man. Good stuff. Smitty's supposed to get some. I, he I is. Don't know where I put him. Like I don't have anywhere to put him. Well, you're getting rid of the Ackies. That's 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 the space right there. Black that, box to the rescue. That would require. I if I was going to do those, because I like I saw I saw the ones that that Reed had, and I was like, they're not huge, but I was like, I just don't. If I was gonna do them, I want to do them right, man. I want to, I want to get them in something sizable and yeah, with some with the climbing options and things like that. And like currently, I just I don't have anywhere to put something like that because it would be in in the garage, like without a doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't have anywhere else to put it. You know, so I'm, I'm still gonna push you to do it. So I mean, I still want to. It's just one of those things where it's like I. I got no space. This garage has become a freaking catch-all for garbage. Well, you got that. We always said how you should get rid of the backdrop behind your head right now and just do two nice vivs stacked on top of each other, one for a male, one for the female, and just call it a day. And just open up the door and let them... Yeah. Let them go for a stroll. You're on podcast. You're watching them. They're not going to go anywhere. I don't know, man. That's still... I don't care how, how tame... A lot of heliderms seem to be from pictures and things. I just don't know that I'd be that trusting with them. Can't be. <laughs> yeah, can't you can't be. be. I don't you can't. see people just holding them and passing them around, and I'm like, what are, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. And, and and that was one of the things. Like, I had a friend who had a Gila that he hand raised. The thing was a legit puppy dog, and he made the mistake of feeding it a prey hand. item on what's that hand no no he was feeding a prey item on the countertop trying to like sh- i don't want to sh- say show off but and he tosses the prey item it slips off the counter he reaches his hand out to catch the prey item right the frozen thawed you know mouse whatever only at the minute the mouse lands in his hand so does the gila's mouth and it was crazy. He said he said that the Gila knew that it bit him, realized, oh wait, I just you know bit the human, not the mouse, and let go. But he still got a full hit. 
and uh, that was a wild ride watching him take that. <laughs> so, I got, I got a buddy recently who took a hit, and it just it was not it was not pleasant. Yeah, it's it's a uh, baby or adult, big one. Oh, geez. Yeesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like your only saving grace is that you know you're not going to die. You know what I'm saying? Like that's your only that's that's the only thing you just got to keep telling yourself I'm not going to die. It's going to suck, but uh, yeah. Can't trust it. Ride the wave. Ride the wave. Yep. That's Uh, what I do. What are you like? Even with your bigger ones, like what do you, what are you feeding them, and what's your schedule like on those? Yeah, I mean they're eating huge ass rats. I mean the the big adults. I mean they're just they're they're just smashing them. Sometimes I think it's you know too much, too big, and um, it's just not. And uh, my my neighbors, we we all have chickens around here, so. We have an abundance of eggs, and nice. it's not common where I'll just take a bunch of eggs, crack them open, and they'll let them all go to town. Um, uh, every for for adults, maybe once a week, you know, maybe ten days. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always worked for me. Babies more frequently. Babies, man, these things, the babies, they love to eat. I mean, if you fed them every day, they would eat every day. Yeah, um, they're they're so voracious. Um, but I mean, I, I think I, this last clutch I had, they're probably, I don't know, maybe six months old or something like that. And they're eating like full, you know, full size mice, you know, that, that wow. type of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's great. On the, uh, w- when you feed them eggs, do you give them shell or no? It's funny. They don't, at least in my experience, they will eat around the shell. Yeah. And they, and that's the, my same thing too. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll scramble up the raw egg and make like a little egg milkshake and they'll just drink that. Yeah. And and I'll leave shell in there and they'll like tongue around the shell. (laughs) Like it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I mean, it's almost like they just know, like, I don't need to eat that. I don't, you know? Yeah. That's good though, man. It's cool. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. If I could have more stuff, I, you know, I would love to have more. Are you listening to? To Kevin talk about you know you guys talk about barons and all this stuff. I mean, if if I had the the, the time and and uh, you know maybe when I retire one day I can expand from eyelash to other things you know. But um, there's there's a, a lot of stuff out there that's just awesome and 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 beautiful and fascinating and um, just the 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 herb culture in general has has come such a a long way from when I first got started um, mm-hmm. a little older than you guys. And I, I love to see where, where it is. Uh, it's uh, really, really come to a, a, a nice place. Hell yeah. Especially with guys like Kevin. Oh yeah. That, that guy is, he's a saint. Love he and I go guy. back and we, I knew him uh, seven, eight years old, went to high school together. And really? Were, oh yeah. That's great, yeah. man. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. He's been, he was a jackass back then too. <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's good that's awesome dude small world right it's crazy oh, yeah. yeah crazy <clears throat> well if you were gonna expand into other venomous stuff like what would be the top of that list what would wow. be the first thing you'd go back to if, if you were if you mean if i if i can have access to anything or stuff that i've had in in the past both um uh, you know, I, I I miss some of my big cobras, you know, um, big monocle, big just head to tail, pure white, 
pink eyes. Um, they were very, very fun to work with. Um, I really enjoyed them. Um, babies are super cool to work with. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm such a arboreal guy, you know, by by nature. Um, Venustis, Cryptolytrops, there it was, I don't know what it was, Trimerosaurus, I think now it's Cryptolytrops, Venustis. I enjoyed working with those very, very much. They were very, very fun. Uh, so I miss I miss those a lot too. And and I, I really would like to get into some of the other species of both Rikus if I just had the you know the the different climates to do so. Uh, yeah. you know, um Bicolor is a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, even even lateralis I love, you know. Um uh, but it again it's it's not easier said than done. Um but ter- terrestrial stuff, you know, there's nothing like a big EDB. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are real cool. And I get to see those in Florida, you know, where if I just want to go out to the forest and see them anytime, which is, you know, always, always a fun thing. Uh, I love rattlesnakes. I always have a, um, a soft spot for, for rattlesnakes. And of course, some of the uh, spitalaps cobras, I love those too. And, and it's so hard to say, I mean, it's just, there's so much out there. And I've enjoyed working with with so many so many of these amazing reptiles over the years. And again, if 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 space wasn't an issue, if time wasn't an issue, uh, I mean, I, I would have all of them. But yeah. you just have to. I, I I knew a long time ago I was gonna have to make that decision as to where that focus was gonna was gonna be. And as much as I love those other things, and I do, I love those other snakes and lizards. Just had to pick pick eyelash. But I, I would love to expand. To, to other tree vipers uh, mm-hmm. in, in the in the Rikus genus. If I had to pick, that's what I'd love to do. Very cool, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. I have, I have zero desire to keep any lapids, really. Um, but like that smaller arboreal stuff, smaller montane croats. Uh, I don't know. I, I gravitate towards smaller species overall. I don't know what it is because it was the same with dart frogs. Like I love thumbnails. Like I like tanks too. I never kept any, but I had thumbnails, man, and those were awesome. And it was because like they didn't take up as much space. They were just less to have to devote, uh, you know, room wise. And I know that if I was, if I if I dove headfirst into into venomous stuff, uh, it would definitely be that smaller, yeah, real. You know, I think I have zero desire to keep any mambas. I have zero desire to keep any cobras. Like. Uh, all that fast wiry yeah. stuff i just don't i had i had, I had mamas like i couldn't sleep at night you know what i mean uh, <laughs> not to knock mamba people because mamas are awesome but uh just you know not not for me you know yeah that was one of those genuses where i would walk over to do the cage and i would just be like oh, i don't want to do this <laughs> it's, you know? it's over with yeah. and it's like that's yeah. why i got rid of them exactly just, you know it's, it, it it wasn't when you don't want to do it you gotta get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. I just prefer things that are more stationary. I guess is the best way to best way to put it. it doesn't <laughs> necessarily have to be arboreal, but stuff that's just not gonna. Tweak, yeah, see, take see that, that's my problem now. Is the stuff I've got now? It you think it's stationary until you go to touch it, and then it's very mobile. <laughs> so, ah, oh, good stuff though, man. Good stuff. You get some yeah. of those called Dallas, though, or those Cornuda. Oof. I know. Oh, I know. And then, uh, dude, this guy I follow I can, on Instagram, he he just did a trip to Kenya. He's got a bunch of Worthington Eye 
pictures of like mm. different patterns, different. He's got one that like it's patternless and it looks like it might be going into shed because it's kind of dull or it might just be dirty, but like it's a patternless Worthington eye. So like the horns are still there, the eyes are still there, and it has all those crazy ocular scales that make up the perfect circle around the eye. But the snake's basically just brown. Super cool, man. Absolutely fascinating. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. There's just there's so many like you look at a genus like Bittus and you look at the genus like Bothrops and like there's so many cool species that that no one knows exist. Yeah. Yeah. Like especially yeah. the Bothrop stuff, like some of that Andean mountain. Yeah, like, oh, it's like, oh my god, like that stuff looks cooler than everything else in that genus, you know? Yeah, yeah, dude. Marcus oh. just got a pair of Urutus, mm-hmm. and I forgot how freaking awesome they are. They're awesome, they are dude. Gorgeous snakes. Gorgeous. Yeah, and I feel like I'm not a Bothrop's guy at all, but I that is a species I could see myself having if I kept tropical. Dude, just like I completely forgot about them. So, so there's a picture of an albino one floating around recently. Really? Yeah, it was. I just got it's very reminiscent of like an albino gaboon. Yeah, it kind of ruins it. Just kind of ruins it a little bit. Yeah, it was cool, but I think the yeah. one albino in that sort of realm that really does it for me is the is the dinochistrodon. Those albinos are. I can't, that's a, man. That's a I, nice albino, man. Yeah, like, it's a, yeah, it's good looking albino, but like, I, it's, you're taking away all of the natural beauty of that genus. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just you are. It's like that scene in Superbad. Mm, not for me. Not for me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. uh, well, boys, is there anything else we wanted to touch base on? Tell me. What else can I tell you? I know, right? We covered, we covered a lot. <laughs> I could do this all night. I could do this all night. It's good. All night long. Next time you guys have come, uh, come up here and we'll go herping, check out, check out the facility I got here. I want to get down yeah. that way bad because our, our buddy Harry lives lives down there in your, yeah. in your area. And... Oh, Harry, Harry C? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Harry Playborn. C. Yeah, good guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's our boy, I man. Know, I know his mom. His mom, too. That's awesome. Dude, small world, man. I'm I'm actually kind of annoyed. I I, I assumed <laughs> Harry was going to be in the group chat tonight. He's probably out hoeing, hoeing around or something. Yeah, he's probably on his porch enjoying a cigar, feeding his wild he's toads, pulling his hair out, trying to get those damn scarlet babies to eat. That's what he's probably doing. Probably, probably. I meant to ask him when we had him on last how that was going, but I feel like I probably already know the answer. So. Yeah, I gotta. I wanted to ask him and see how his wife's Leonis are doing, man. He said uh, all of them, I think, but one are eating, and I think it's the one nice. from Chris. Like, everything else is rocking and rolling. So Really? Because, dude, she cleaned house in Daytona, man. She did, man. She oh. did. Oh, man. If Katie dude. came home with, with all those for me, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably cry just out yeah. of pride. Really. Yeah. You, you get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, he's got some good spots down there. So I, I definitely, Jake and I have talked about making a trip down that way at some point. I think maybe when it starts to warm up next year, it was it was discussed, but we'll see. So I want an invite. Obviously, bring me along. How far of a drive is that for you? Uh, probably like six, almost seven. I feel like every drive for you is like a minimum of eight. No, no. 
I mean, realistically, like no traffic, probably about six. But yeah. realistically, I mean, yeah. The only time I've driven in Florida where there was no traffic was that that night that I drove to P and Cody's after work. Yeah, P and Cody live in the middle of freaking nowhere. Just, <laughs> no, but I was like flying through Jacksonville and stuff like midnight, and there wasn't anybody out there. It was awesome. That's pretty good. That's good. I think I, it was like a record time getting down there. Nice. But, yeah, we got to bother Harry and uh, force him to let us sleep on his couch. That's right. That's it. Look, Kevin said he'll pick you up. There it is. Oh, man, yeah, we'll get Kevin me. on that trip. Dude. Yeah, he owes, me, he owes me a trip. He's come oh, up here. That's it. That's it. We're going to do it. How far is Kevin from you, Phil? Uh, I don't want to say because he'll yell at me Uh, like 25, 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. He he he's he's disappointed in me because uh, I'm I I keep telling him how we're gonna like hang out and double date and go get good Cuban food and I just I I'm 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 a bad friend. Sorry, sorry, Kev. Hmm. Well, if people want to follow you, Aaron, where's the uh, the best place for them to to do that? I, I guess they could, um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm I'm horrible uh, at social media. I'm horrible. I'm hoping that my daughter will take over it, take it, take it over one day. Um, Katie, my girlfriend, she she does a lot of it too. I just, it's not my thing. I do the, I do the best I can to respond to messages and things. But um, if you want to see some beautiful eyelash fibers and and uh, and follow me, you know, Facebook is the way to do it. The fork tongue on Instagram. The Fork Tongue on Facebook and uh, yeah, just just uh, hit me up. Good stuff, man. Fantastic, yeah. We really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I can. I tell you, I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. You need a rack. You need a cage. You need both. They got something for everybody. You won't be disappointed. Two week lead time. Buy a, buy a rack or a cage and get it uh, before your child graduates high school. Get it Crazy. before your child is born. Get it before yeah. the next Olympics. Use the code THN to check out. Save yourself 10%. If you're in the general southeast region and maybe if you're even close to like North Georgia, uh, save yourself even more and just pick up direct from Black Box. Um, me and Jake do it all the time it's well worth the trip uh just more bang for your buck and if you don't live local and you have to ship it it is hands down the best shipping of any enclosure i've ever received all of them every single one throw that stuff from a helicopter and it survive legit legit i've had i've i've shipped every cage imaginable and always had an issue except for blackboxcages.com yeah and then Puget Sound Pythons, give them a follow. Jeff and Kendra, awesome people. Uh, the Kendra. Uh, Puget Sound Pythons on Facebook and Instagram. Puget Sound Pythons on Morph Market. See what they got going on. Uh, FullVisaApparel.com. Also use code THN at checkout. Get 15% off your order. That is just for THN viewers and listeners like you. Cold-blooded caffeine as well. Use that link down below. Get some coffee. Get some, some stuff to make coffee. Uh, 
our our stuff is coming here soon. We're gonna we're gonna get that ironed out and make that happen. So most definitely. Maybe some more shirts, Justin. Yeah. Love them. That. Yeah, love that. I I that one that I ended up that I did as like a tester. I I kept that. I have that in my closet somewhere. I've been wearing. You wear it. It's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna need a fork tongue shirt with the eyelash logo, but I need it to be black with neon yellow. Couldn't be done. That's gotta happen. I can accommodate. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody. We'll be back Thursday for THP. Um, I think there was talks of seeing if Middleton was available because we haven't had him on in a minute. So Ooh, we'll see. Jake said he was gonna gonna hit him up and see what the availability was. So jealous, jealous, jealous. We'll see, but uh, thank you, everybody. We will see you later. Bye. Bye.